Bling Blong, everyone. Our new podcast miniseries, Talking Mission Hill, is now exclusively on Patreon. Put on your spicy pants every Friday with a new podcast covering each episode of the cult series from Simpsons legends Bill Oakley and Josh Weinstein. $5 subscribers at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons can hear every episode, plus all of our previous miniseries about Futurama, King of the Hill, and The Critic. So don't be a Beardsley. Sign up for Talking Mission Hill today. I heartily endorse this event or product. Ahoy hoy everybody and welcome to Talking Simpsons where all your prayers are flancered. I'm your host, head roadie for Satanica, Bob Mackey, and this is our chronological exploration of The Simpsons. Who is here with me today in the same room? Hey, it's Star Wipe Appreciator Henry Gilbert. And who do we have on the line? Oh, oh well, it's Matt Crispin, <laughs> Chapo Trap House. Hello. Uh, Virtual Texas Podcast Lieutenant Chapo Trap House. Who ranks are involved <laughs> now. And today's episode is Alone Again, Natra Diddley. And now here's something for their eyes. Finally. Today's episode aired on February 13th, 2000. And as always, Henry will tell us what happened on this mythical day in real world history. <gasps> Oh boy, Bobby. Leonardo DiCaprio heads to the beach in theaters this week. The final episode of Superman the Animated Series airs, and the final peanut strip is published one day after Charles Schultz passes away. Uh, A big day there. He died doing what he loved, drawing a depressed child. I mean, he'd been saying he was going to retire for a while, and then once the final, once he finished, then it, uh, I mean, the timing was eerie, actually, uh, Charles yeah. Schultz is passing, yeah. Uh, it's like when uh, one old person dies and their spouse dies, like, immediately after. Mm-hmm. But he had the, the common sense to let the strip die with him instead of being like, and now Jimmy Schultz will draw this <laughs> for all eternity. I think, like, every uh, comic strip in the paper now is, like, on their grandson drawing the strip, I guess. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what you're complaining about. You guys clearly have not checked out Brian Herbert's uh, Peanuts. It's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Did Schultz have a kid? I, I believe he had children. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Schultz's wife was in a memorable episode of Learn to Draw with Tom Gamble. Or How to Draw, I think it's called. Oh, really? Oh, I should check that out. Simpsons writer Tom Gamble. I have not seen that one. Uh, one of uh, the Leonardo DiCaprio film, The Beach. I, I did not see that. I remember there were tons of ads for it. It was like, is that Le- really history? <laughs> <laughs> Look, sometimes mo- boring movies come out. There's not. Uh, this yeah. was before 9 11. This was the end of history. No history was happening back then. We're this happy. Is right before we started having history again. Yeah, we're happy for the lack of history in the year 2000 at this mm. point. But yeah, The Beach, uh, famous, I think, for that weird uh, first person video game scene in it it's kind of oh. laughable oh, yeah man, i don't remember that uh well it's about a beach <laughs> not a, not much else happened back in february other than i guess this episode is history as well yes but, uh, but yeah i guess for, let's welcome back our our buddies virgil and matt hello hey 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 yes of the chapo trap house podcast making their i believe fourth appearance man i think so and they wow. last joined us right before the curtain fell on society yeah it, uh, i like how you can track society's decline now as we track the decline of the simpsons (laughs) (laughs) feels like 800 years ago since you guys were here on uh, the monday before super tuesday it was uh 
But yeah, this is the 9/11 of the Simpsons. <laughs> on uh, on 2:13. So uh, remember 2:13, everybody. But yeah, this is the end of Talking Simpsons. Thanks for joining us for these past five years. We're gonna just you know throw it in the hole right now and bury it because mm-hmm. no, no, of course we're gonna keep going into the future. Yeah. This will not destroy us. No, no. I'm sure that's what Matt Groening said yeah. <laughs> when uh, they responded to, "Hey, uh, one of our cast members died." Instead of going, "Wow, maybe we should." Sh- Stop making the show. Uh, instead, they were like, let's kill her. <laughs> well, it was more of a case of uh, she's not dead, but her career is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's right. She didn't die. <laughs> uh, she yeah. just left. Just wanted more money. But, uh, Can't have that. <laughs> and she came back to the show, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, the history of this is uh, is an interesting one of the... Yeah, so Maggie Roswell, uh, she had been an actress on the series, you know, from season two, I think. She's not... No, she's Helen Lovejoy in season one. So she was right. there from even season one. Uh, and she was kind of one of their utility women, but not on the level of the, like, core cast of the family plus Hank and Harry. She's uh, Miss Hoover as well. I think that's the only other notable uh, female character she plays. Uh, Van Houten's mom. Oh, right. No, that's... That's uh, Pamela Hayden. Oh, right. Okay. No, wait. That is Maggie Roswell. I apologize. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and so Maggie Roswell had been playing the character for a decade. And then in season 10, right around when the actors got their big raise, she moved to Colorado and she was working from Colorado and, uh, <laughs> oh. just, oh, wait. So she got the big raise and then she's like, I'm just going to phone in for my ranch. Oh, well, no, actually she didn't get a raise. She moved to Colorado, oh, but she I didn't get a raise. Yeah. Uh, so. She was flying in to Los Angeles to record her bits, but she was not, she was still getting paid by her reporting was 2000 an episode while the main actors were getting paid 125,000 an episode after their big raise. Wait, 2000 an episode? Yeah. That is, that is peanuts. Yeah. I, and, and she said it also would barely cover her travel to Los Angeles. They weren't paying for they her weren't, flights either. They weren't paying for the flight? Yeah. Yeah, that was the uh, the bone of contention, I guess. For I mean, and the low pay, but yeah, not even playing, not even paying for a flight out. Mm-hmm. It's good to know though that when they came to this question of you know slightly raise the pay of someone who's been there on the show from the very beginning, with fucking kill her. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> we will uh, drop her ass off of the top of a fucking grandstand. I just because I, I, we care about art here at the Simpsons. <laughs> I just can't picture the Fox company treating its employees in such a fashion. It's highly improbable. It's uncharacteristic of them. Yeah, I feel like Miss Hoover uh, and uh, Luann Van Houten and Mach had all just been in a group getting knocked off the stadium. Yeah, it's only they only killed one of them. The and others just stopped talking. Then throw them in a mass grave. Uh, yeah. So she could have fallen from the top of the grandstand onto the rest of them as they were walking down below. The Simpsons, the Simpsons are going to Bosnia. It's funny because uh, when when Ma dies later in the episode uh luann van houten i'm sorry or miss hoover is there right no it's luann oh luann is is there there. yeah yeah so she does witness her uh fellow voice character's death but yeah so maggie roswell was actually pretty public i think honestly that's where the so we interviewed mike scully about uh in mike scully's uh telling of it and scully's a cool guy who unionized the uh writer's room i want to say that but he uh he was 
felt it was you know the actor in the studio negotiating he kind of doesn't uh he was like I, he wanted her to stay but seemed to be unable to get her a pay raise and i think it sounds like it was just a bone of contention from fox to just not pay her more she was they were just like nah can't pay her more the the end she she apparently only wanted like you know a few thousand more per episode just to cover the flight what are you at that point what are you doing <laughs> your show's been out for 10 fucking years and you're killing off uh, like classic characters to save two grand an episode <laughs> you really think you're doing this to do anything other than just fork out dog shit for morons <laughs> I, I mean I think they were just uh, they were upset Fox that they were having to give the other actors a raise so they're just showing like we, you don't get anything like yeah. this is just a punishment because you don't have you don't have the leverage that cast Lynetta and company do. Yeah, these right. people are aware that though they're gonna die at some point right <laughs> uh, I I mean, wonder... what's the plan I, I oh, was... they're they're having Casalinetta record all pre-record all of his lines. They're so, having him so pre-record just... every word in the English language. Yeah, so that they yeah. Can how do you think? How do you think any line of dialogue? How do you think Siri works? <laughs> I think like in a secret bunker somewhere, Disney has the next three Homers picked out. Mm -hmm. That's just how their casting works. Like the next Goofy's ready, the next Mickey's ready. They're just waiting. <laughs> but I think too another reason Fox was being shitty to Roswell is she did take it public. Like I mm. couldn't. Uh, I if I had Nexus Lexus, maybe I could actually have found the things. But there's like a dozen articles mainly out of Denver newspapers where she's like being very public about how pissed off she is at the low pay and how she's like, I still want to be Maude. Let me just do it. And so maybe that's also where the, uh, the death with extreme prejudice came from. Uh, so Scully tells the story as they were pitching stuff in the writer's room. It was George Meyer, longtime writer of the series, funny guy who just said, let's kill Maude. And they just ran with it. And to be fair, I mean, I don't like this episode, and I don't think anyone really does. But no, nobody likes Maude. Mm. She's she's the lesser religious wife of the series. Yeah, she's re totally redundant. Nobody. That's true. Not yeah. no real differentiation between her and Helen Lovejoy. I guess her most famous line is "No sugar." <laughs> Helen. I guess the distinction is Helen has a um, a shitty side that Maude doesn't really. Mm -hmm. Helen has more cruelty to her. She, I mean, she is uh, a mean how the pastor's wife. She is that the gossipy trope, minister's yeah. wife, self-identified gossipy, as she calls herself. She is one of the many intentional stereotypes that people the Simpsons. <laughs> And, uh, and also I think though, this came George Meyer, a lot in those seasons, he would pitch things that I think in the earlier seasons, they would have just been like very funny, George, anyway, let's think of something else. But in the Scully years, they really were just like, you know what? Let's do that. That could be a story. Yeah. So they decide they're going to kill her off and work backwards from that. I also feel bad now after doing the research. I blamed Ian Max Stone Graham for so long because he's As a well writer. you should. No, who is it really? <laughs> You're one of those Beetle Brad Simpsons fans he talks uh, about. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> He's the writer of the episode who also, at this era, he gave interviews where he was just very clear of like, I don't give a shit about the uh, online fans, which which did piss off the online fans. I think that that, that is a relevant argument. I, I think that one of the reasons that graining is so 
we've talked about this. One of the reasons Groening is so delusional about the the show for so long is because people were telling him that the classic show was shitty on the internet. Yeah, and he just believes. He's like, well, everybody it's, always said that. So it's it's all Don Del Grande's fault. <laughs> yeah, the name Don Del Grande popped into my head, like giving uh, Mr. Plow an F on all <laughs> TV Simpsons in 1993. <laughs> Philistine. And uh, so Scully also, he was a big believer in his version of the Homer-Ned relationship is that Homer hates Ned because Ned is the guy that he could never be. And so he wanted to plumb more of the depths of that and he felt like if you get rid of Maud, it actually gets Ned and Homer to spend even more time together because he doesn't have a wife to hang out with anymore. More zany adventures for Captain yeah. Wacky <laughs> and friend. <laughs> And and yeah, I think they all say they regret it now. Like they, I think they would unkill her. E. Max Stone Graham definitely said he would bring her back if he could, but they kind they kind of can't now. It's it's gone too far. I mean, they really like I was talking about how, how they really should have stopped and considered what they were doing when they decided to fucking kill a character over a small amount of money because a show like the simpsons there is this sort of fantasy suspended in time element you know nobody gets older nothing changes having a main character die creates a bcad situation in a world that is functionally timeless it does violence to the to the simpsonian world <laughs> Yeah, and Henry was just telling me before the record that there's an episode 20 years later in which one of the children is processing their grief over yes. Maude. But it's like, oh. it's been 20 years. <laughs> Still as a, as a 10-year-old. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, actually, yeah, that episode is about how he's having nightmares where he can't remember his mom's face, where it's like, but you haven't aged a year. You're yeah. the same age yeah. you were when she died. It uh, just asks a lot of questions. And I do want to bring up uh, Principal and the Popper because we covered it uh, almost a few years ago at this point. And, uh, you know, people assume that's a bad episode, but we looked at it and we were like, this has so much respect and love for Skinner. Despite the changes they make, it is very true to the character and respectful. This is very disrespectful. Mm -hmm. to all the characters portrayed in this episode. This is also, if memory serves, the start of when Flanders uh, gets sexualized in a weird way. Oh, yeah. Well, he definitely had the gag where he takes yeah. off his shirt in the streetcar and it's like, oh, he's super buff, but pretty much that's the only time they more did jokes about how his voice sounded like a woman when he screamed <laughs> not uh this is, this is before uh, stupid sexy flanders yes actually this is the same season as stupid stupid sexy flanders so, so. that's the season of hot flanders that's yeah. when we start being like hey this 60 year old man <laughs> is really hot remember how he's supposed to be 60 yes i guess i guess we passed the vegas wives episode too so mm -hmm. he's having a lot of party fun with the party animal and uh i i think too before uh, but i'm gonna play a first clip in a sec but I, I think too another issue they have in this episode is that they don't know if they want it to be a very special episode of the simpsons or not they're like so is this is this really about you know death and grief and all this stuff or is this a crazy episode where they go to nascar and then it's jokes about dating, you know? Yeah, the vibe's really confused on this episode. And I, I wrote this down in my notes, but I feel like the death of Susan on Seinfeld gave everyone permission to do these kinds of stories. Mm -hmm. And that was a much better uh, version of this because the characters are responsible for her death, or at least George is. But the ultimate lesson from that is they're just terrible at being human beings. Mm -hmm. And there's not that kind of commentary in this episode. Also, that show has linear time. That too, yeah. Yes, yeah. And I think that 
that also was slightly about an actor dispute. I think they didn't like that actress, and they're yeah. like, eh, kill her. We don't want it. If George gets married, she's on the show more. Like, get rid of her. I think, too, that I, if they had just... Maude would have lived... I mean, the show's decline would have happened either way. But if they had just paid her, like, $4,000 more an episode, this episode wouldn't have happened. Like, there just would have been a different episode at this time in February. Not such a clear line of, like, oh, before and after Maude. And then she comes thing. back in 2002, you were saying. Yeah, they, they make up with her by season 14. Uh, Maggie Roswell. They do what they could have done in the fucking first place which is why are you even flying into los angeles there are recording studios in denver record in denver and put in the audio that's all you got to do and now like carrie Shearer almost exclusively records remotely right oh yeah and julie does a lot too mm-hmm. well now they're you know, all that, recording it. that really adds another layer of weirdness and just uncanniness to this episode the fact that maude's voice is is noticeably different mm-hmm and you think it? You think a smart play would be to kind of wink at the audience about that? But I, I didn't really pick up on anything. No, they just have someone else do the voice, and then you're like, "Why does she sound different?" And then before you can even try to figure it out, she's dead. Yeah, <laughs> it's very weird experience. Yeah, they do reference That's... that in uh, one of the episodes uh, before this, the actors' dispute, and Ned walks by the window. He has Mike Skelly's voice. Oh, and they, yeah. they can replace oh, the yeah. actors, and no one can tell the diddly difference. <laughs> so there's a wink at that f- far before this. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it makes it feel even less legitimate her death when it doesn't sound like her and it's uh, a, a, an entirely different actress. It's, uh, I mean, what they could. Like, yeah, it's like watching the, uh, a pirated version of The Simpsons that you bought in Shanghai. <laughs> I've always said they could have. What just, is this? They could have just gone with saying like, that was a woman who replaced Maude, like, and just they discover, oh, Maude's been alive this whole time. It was her doppelganger that died. Just. Do a crazy yeah. episode like that and bring her back. I mean, yeah, at that point, who gives a shit? <laughs> uh, but well, look at listen to you. You were all, uh, uh, you know, linear time. You know, the timeless quality of no, the it's episode. broken. It's broken at that point. It's a, it's a broken doll. Kick it out the window. Who gives a shit? <laughs> I mean, we'll get started soon. Uh, uh, slam dunk. Just throw it as hard as you can against <laughs> the the wall of your house and see what happens. I don't do that to my broken dolls. <laughs> I I repair them. <laughs> Very responsible. You can't re- you can't repair it because the show might ha- it might have this timeless thing, but the in real life it has a, a real legacy. And after you kill Maud, it's too late. I mean, we say they can't change this history, but we see the grave of Doctor Marvin Monroe, and he comes back yeah, with a just... fun uh, "screw you" joke where he says, "I was very sick." Yes, that's true. <laughs> But yeah, I guess uh, also this episode, the title alone again, Natural Diddly, a uh, reference to the one hit wonder Gilbert O'Sullivan song, Alone Again Naturally, which is just like one of the mopiest songs I've ever heard. I can't believe it was a hit in the 70s, but people were sad in the 70s, I guess. It was all the stagflation. <laughs> yeah, it made it made people really want to listen to one singer songwriters. They they referred to this song in another title. Yes. Yeah, they uh, I, I feel like there's every song title they use they only have like 13 they know and they just really like they did yeah. old man in the they, sea like five times yeah they've got to get they've got to get spotify premium you, you access <laughs> a lot more music instead of the, the 13 dad songs that you all listen to in the writer's room over and over again they would if fox paid them more <laughs> there you go uh but yeah to mark this is the year 2000 we start with some nascar parodies which uh i guess they were noticing you know it's the nascar dad voters were about to start be talking about in 2000 and so. according to the comments that was 2004 yeah uh, okay 
<laughs> uh, so this is just like oh, 2000 we were... there was no real culture war even though uh in in the election even though it was it played out in the in the voting they didn't, didn't become a like a conscious thing until 2006 2004 I, this the, the the whole first act of this episode feels patronizing to me i don't know it's it's like did was fox you know airing nascar at the time and Mm -hmm. this was some kind of some kind of tie-in they were actually and they thought fox would help them get a nascar guy like jeff gordon but nascar wanted nothing to do with this episode knowing it was about like a death at a nascar event yes Uh, NASCAR president Don Del Grande uh, refused to work with the Simpsons. (laughs) So they instead have to make a fast car. The Simpsons will be right back. On the most shocking new Simpsons ever. Oh my lord! One of Springfield's most beloved will die. Who will it be? Don't beat yourself up. I'm the one who parked in the ambulance zone, preventing any possible resuscitation. But uh, there's no point in playing the blame game. We hope you're watching out for loose bobby pins this week. And we have a big, big thank you to our guests, Virgil Texas and Matt Crispin. We really appreciate any time they're on. They're such super cool guys. You should definitely be listening to their podcast, Chapo Trap House. And, you know, since we recorded this, Virgil couldn't promote it then. But he also has another new podcast you should listen to called Bad Faith. It's a really great podcast, too. So check out both of those. And, you know, if you enjoyed this podcast and wish to help me and Bob continue doing this as our full-time jobs, you should help us out at Patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. Subscribers there, but they also get so many perks. Every episode of Talking Simpsons and our sister podcast, What a Cartoon, you get it a week ahead of the free feed and without ads like this one in it. But that's just the start. $5 subscribers also get a big back catalog of exclusive podcasts where me and Bob cover shows like The Critic, Mission Hill, King of the Hill, and Futurama in the same way we cover The Simpsons. If you signed up now, you get the entire back catalog and you'd be ready for the debuting in just a couple weeks, Talking Futurama Season 2 Part 2 where we're going to cover each Friday for the rest of 2020 the last nine episodes of the second season of Futurama the same way we do The Simpsons. So please consider signing up for five bucks a month to get all of that at patreon.com slash talking Simpsons. But if you want your podcast prayers to be flancered, Ned Flancered, that is, you should sign up at the $10 level at patreon.com slash talking Simpsons for the premium subscription. You get all the $5 stuff I just talked about, but you also get our monthly What a Cartoon Movie, where me and Bob cover a feature film of the animated variety the same way we do The Simpsons and other cartoons on What a Cartoon. If you sign up now, you'll get to hear October 2020's new movie discussion where we talk about Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island for almost four whole hours hours it's a whole bunch of fun and you'll get the entire back catalog over a hundred hours of movie conversations about stuff as diverse as space jam return of jafar a goofy movie akira kiki's delivery service lupon the third the castle of cogliostro and so so many more please consider going up to the ten dollar premium level to get everything that's super cool at patreon.com slash talking simpson 
I, I have been to one NASCAR race at like a friend, and this was 98 before NASCAR really was big, but uh, I just found it very boring and loud. I, I was the nerd dragged to the NASCAR event, basically. Do any of the writers actually like NASCAR? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think they're all yeah. coming at it from the, you know, Hollywood writer position. Of yeah. Like, yeah. It's not like when they do a uh, they do a thing about baseball or football where there's obvious, you know, it's obviously something that they have an attachment to and that they know about. This is just, yeah, it's that distance of being a Hollywood writer, a sicko coastal elite. <laughs> you know, uh, so that this episode premiered in February of 2000, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly a year later, like one year later, almost to the day, a few days later, Dale Earnhardt died at the Daytona 500 on the last lap. It's crazy. Yeah. I For some reason, I remembered it as happening the same day, but I was all wrong in my memory. <laughs> Maybe the rerun happened soon after. I was like, oh, this feels different now. Ooh. These jokes about cars crashing. And everyone uh, rooting for the, the – that's another thing that NASCAR might not have been too happy with. Mm-hmm. Validating the the hurtful stereotype that NASCAR fans just want to see crashes, don't they? (laughs) I don't think the the real fans do. There honestly aren't that many crashes. Is the thing? If you wanted to see that, you would be an idiot because you got to watch for three hours, and then maybe you see two cars like trade some paint, and then they have to go into it. Better watching for three hours, not uh, anticipating a crash. If you you appreciate the cars going on the track, if you appreciate the strategy and endurance that goes into drive real fast. That's yes. the strategy. Hey, I'm not hey. claiming to, to understand or like NASCAR. <laughs> don't, don't I'm just giving out. a benefit of the do? doubt to those who do that there is some sort of athletic element to it that they appreciate. The s- They're not just uh, holding their breath for a crash that usually doesn't happen. <laughs> the strategy. I've got, I've got a winning strategy for you. Don't don't hit the brake. Yeah. No, the strategy Go is real- uh, driving while peeing in a bottle or your racing diaper. <laughs> <laughs> That racing diaper adds a lot of weight. You gotta sometimes you gotta just piss in your pants. They have to change you at the pit stop. <laughs> That's all preceded by just some general hiking jokes. I do like Marge being scared of Africanized killer bees specifically, that they sound loud and Africanized. There's a quick joke about uh, how a big credit on the screen, like written by Ian Maxstone Graham, which I think really tied to for me really made me hate that writer in particular because you see his name right up front to know he's the writer of the episode i hated <laughs> but uh but as again he it was george meyer's idea he just got assigned it apparently yeah and it's such a highfalutin name it's very memorable and of course he's he's a very tall man mm-hmm. he, it's he's, the, it's he's the, <laughs> the very tall man it's the yeah. largest name he could afford <laughs> uh though also he's like a, a fancy man who went to brown who wrote for the Sa- uh, saturday night live for years like he's uh a well-established dude. Yeah, but, you know, I, I remember his name just appearing more as the show was getting worse. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I think that's probably what he's most infamous for. Oh, for sure. Yeah, he was like an executive producer for a while, like kind of like a, almost a showrunner. Mm-hmm. No, I will never, as, as obnoxious as that guy seems, uh, <laughs> uh, I will never blame him for The Simpsons decline just because I blame the second law of thermodynamics. <laughs> it's uh, it's got to slow down at some point me yeah. I, I mean there's also a real standard simpsons joke of like a chameleon like evolution happens for a chameleon to be able to blend into an stp bottle but he has to be killed instantly like no, no animal can be happy on the simpsons it has to be murdered if it if it succeeds in any way and uh so another thing that like is distracting in this opening to me with the rest of the episode when they know this is about maude's death 
they do all these jokes though about like near death like the simpsons like whoa we were almost run over <laughs> like yeah and it should be said that like this was not a surprise mod's death because uh at this point everyone was online and at this point you could look up all the episode titles ahead of time so you knew this was the premise you were just waiting for it to happen mm-hmm. everyone online knew this was going to happen like weeks in advance well and plus uh maggie roswell i looked at the dates like she was public that her character was dying mm. before the episode aired so people knew about it and i tried to find it on youtube nobody's uploaded but i swear they had those commercials too of like somebody dies on the simpsons tonight those ones that make you think a major character is going to die but it's actually maude or crusty's dad will pass away not charlie (laughs) has there ever been a teaser like that where they killed a main character instead of some ancillary character or it's a joke mm. thing no i mean not on the simpsons i can't even remember other shows where yeah they... I, I mean other shows or any show mm. i just like i recall like an announcer saying tonight someone will die mm. like a, the serious fox announcer voice but on like uh, on a show like Grey's anatomy or whatever when uh when a major character dies you know that uh, the actor has been leaving the show for a while. Like you've heard for a long time on ER that uh, Anthony, what's his face, is leaving, and so he, his last episode, you know, his character is going to die. Or like Jimmy Smith is leaving the show on NYPD Blue, so you know he's going to die. They can't really, in those cases, they can't really tease it. You know? Yeah, but I mean, I also think okay, the you know we know the actor's leaving the show, so we're not going to market this in a lurid way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's more respectful, I guess, to the this this was more of like, well, let's try to squeeze a little ratings juice out of this. But, uh, may, you know, in some of those cases, too, with the big name actor in live action, maybe it's like, yeah, let's not uh, let's be as respectful as possible because we might need to work with them in the future. <laughs> and yeah, so then they meet the uh, the fast car driver, which was obviously like his scenes are so weird because he's clearly written to be a celebrity who didn't show up because they're like so nice and respectful to this character. They, they really wanted jeff gordon yes yeah who would appear in a 2012 episode Mm. Uh, mo's a big fan of jeff gordon apparently (laughs) (laughs) i can just hear mo saying jeff gordon (laughs) i can't wait to meet him yeah and so instead they just do a bunch of jokes about the family meeting a fast car driver and i guess uh i kind of like the jokes about the roomy interior of a race car because obviously that's that's not reality there's no space for anybody but the driver's seat that's why you build race cars that way mm. we've we've all seen death proof we know oh, we know right. what the inside of race cars look like i have not seen death proof so don't don't spoil me by uh letting me know that uh, race car information will be revealed in the film. <laughs> i i want those tidbits about race cars to be pure for me uh sorry you see the inside of a race car in death proof i'm sorry that's uh i can't put the genie back in the bottle <laughs> again when they have jokes about how like marge is letting bart do something incredibly dangerous if you want us to care about the realistic death of somebody that's going to happen in like six minutes it's really weird to do all these death defying jokes in the same episode including the simpsons crossing the the nascar streets yeah which only <laughs> only homer should be that stupid to do it like the entire family should not be uh you know on board with this but yeah lots of near death in this first act before the actual death and uh they get free tickets to stay for the rest of the fast car race that is my biggest complaint about this first act outside of the horrible thing that happens is that they get free tickets to an event they're already at and then there's a, there's a time cut and then they're they're there again like that was complete like they should have just been like oh yeah just have a seat you guys and make yourselves at home like why do you need free tickets to come back later when you're already there in this act you never I think it's because they need to get they need they 
there to be the time trial so that they could get across the street without being run over, and also so that they could meet the NASCAR guy and have a ride around in a circle, which wouldn't have been realistic yeah. during a, the actual race. So they did the, the very confusing double move there. I gotta yeah. say, this is just a brutal and aimless first act. Very bad. <laughs> we do uh, get, I think, the last hee-haw joke on uh, on record in yeah. media. Yeah, that's true. Uh, well, you know, in a few years, uh, the Wonder Shows will do that great Horse Apples episode. Oh, that's true. That's yeah. true. Yeah. But yes, in our in our first clip, the Flanders arrive for what uh, at first seems like a normal day. Home pedal to the metal of files. Flanders, since when do you like anything cool? Well, I don't care for the speed, but I can't get enough of that safety gear. Helmets, roll bars, caution flags. I like the fresh air and looking at the poor people in the infield. Who the fuck are you? <laughs> <laughs> Who is that woman? Dang, Cletus, why'd you have to park by my parents? Now, honey, it's my parents too. <laughs> Gentlemen. Start your engine! Daddy, can we move closer? Absolutely, Hot Roddy. We're up here out of range of the crashes and the driver's cussing. Move your damn butt. Fight me. I did like Ned's playful take on pedophiles. <laughs> Pedal to the metalophiles? Oh, it's I a joke about that yeah. was a pedophile. Wow, I only realized that's... it upon hearing this clip isolated. Okay, yeah. I like that. Why didn't he just say pedophiles? <laughs> mm. Might have been misheard in the uh, in the audio. <laughs> Not, I mean, driving, you use a pedal, but you only use a pedal to the metal when you're racing. Uh, I Another thing that struck me in this watch was, I think it's much worse that Rod and Todd have to be there. I I would change it that Rod and Todd don't need to be at this event, because then I just think about like, oh, they watched their mother die. They didn't just hear that she died. They were witnesses to her death. They saw her twitching corpse on the ground. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a real unpleasantness to this whole bit. While Homer Simpson just officially yucks over the entire proceeding. <laughs> and uh, so this joke about Brandine being Cletus's sister, uh, this is the farthest they've gone in the incest direction with that joke. Though I did chart that. So season 17, they do a joke that says that Brandine is actually Cletus's mother. She, <laughs> so, but but then in season 27, they go back to a joke that she, their brother and sister. He so. should have married Diabetti. <laughs> God. Oh, Diabetti. So this is this is the expected uh, NASCAR fans are poor hicks. Joke. Yes, yeah, that's the there's the good fans in the stadium who pay the real money, and then there's the the loser inbred hicks who uh, stand around by the cars. And also, like they they seem to make the connection that Ned is sort of responsible for her death in not wanting to be closer. That he's he's being punished for wanting to be safer by being so far away. That's that's also why they're there there is also a deleted scene joke in here that i'm really glad they cut because it makes mod's last moments even darker yeah that's true uh there's a joke of homer mooning the drivers and you see like his gigantic ass and then the joke is that that mod is seeing his front while mooning so one of mod's final vis visions in this deleted scene is homer's genitals <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, Homer needs to realize you don't need to pull off all of your pants to moon someone. It's like mm. the kid who pulls down his pants at the urinal. He just never learned. <laughs> uh, he, I, I think Homer intentionally wanted Maude to see that. He is, his reaction made it seem not, not an accident, I think. Uh, but yeah, so then they just have jokes about wanting to see stuff crash. Homer's really sad that he misses a car crash. Then there's like a really long joke about Homer getting free tires from a cartoon up, which the only part of it that really strikes me is like, it's a joke about Homer being ambivalent to causing like a five car pile up like this. He he killed a lot of people this day. Yeah, he briefly leaves the stands to just interfere with this yes. uh, event and then goes back. But isn't like, that just him uh, driving onto the course at Truckosaurus? Really? <laughs> eh, yeah, pretty similar, actually. Yeah, that was more uh, negligence, though. In this, he is uh, he's being written a lot recently as like a, a John Belushi style party animal mm-hmm. and a real like uh, mischief maker. And uh, this is evident of that. But looking behind him to see a five car pile up and go like, my bad, like that. Yeah, that's just a man who doesn't care about the deaths he caused. Well, remember, he caused a massive crash every time he looks at the billboards on New Billboard Day. That's yeah, right. We have established true. Homer is a mass uh, vehicular manslaughterer. He's got a lot of deaths in his wake, for sure. I don't I don't think it's Homer's fault, necessarily. I think that the sport of driving is... Uh, it's rather unsafe, it seems. <laughs> uh, you're, bl- you're blaming them for participating, the drivers? I, I blame the owners of NASCAR for profiting off the, the <laughs> immiseration of these drivers. <laughs> They're just getting mangled, maimed, and killed. Uh, then comes the t-shirt cannons uh with i wouldn't do it is what i'm saying <laughs> i wouldn't do it and I, but i'd be good at it <laughs> you'd be great oh, yeah, you... i would just drive real fast it seems pretty easy doesn't it <laughs> and i wouldn't i wouldn't stop i wouldn't do a pit stop to like take a leak and get like a burger or whatever no i would just keep going uh, those fools who take all those pit stops that's uh no that's, that's stupid what do you need oh you need air no you don't don't be stupid <laughs> Yeah, it seems like stopping the car is a real uh, missed opportunity to keep driving. <laughs> yeah, just just take your car to you know the auto zone, Pep Boys or whatever, like right before the race, so you don't have to like stop there. Yeah, and I mean, some people say, oh, uh, actually, there's a uh, you know you run out of gas because of how long the race is. Bigger gas tank much? Anybody think of this? Uh, just 10 times the size of the gas tank, you'll win every race. You need a speedometer yeah. with more numbers on it so you can go faster. <laughs> or that you could get like an electric car <laughs> and just have like a battery in there. I would assume NASCAR doesn't allow electric cars. I would I would guess. Why not? It's a car. Uh, that, that feels like a culture war point for them, I would assume. What? Is it not a car? <laughs> uh, they can't go fast enough is the thing. So then we get the t-shirt cannons. They show up. Uh, t-shirt guns felt pretty new at the time in 2000. I I recall going to a hockey game in Jacksonville mm. and being impressed with like, wow, they can shoot gut t-shirts at people now? That's so cool. Now the police have them. <laughs> and also they come out with y'all ready for this. Like they paid, they paid for a couple of real songs mm-hmm. for uh, for this. They, they had a lot more song money back then, they, I think. They licensed every jock jam for this event. They really did. And there's there's a fun little gag of marge realizing she gets up thinking she wants a t-shirt then realizes no i don't want a t-shirt and uh, i also like hibbert denying you his catchphrase like that he he won't laugh at it he just refuses to and then just I- like me in the last 20 seasons of the simpsons 
<laughs> you were, you this, won't is, this is also uh yeah this is also a reference to how lowbrow nascar fans are i like think they this is their culture is is a, a calvin urinating on something uh, involving something involving trucks <laughs> what is that promoting though i would feel like that it gets somebody in trouble with chevrolet at the at the fast car uh company that's too political think. for yeah. me <laughs> isn't that the big argument <laughs> between ford and chevy uh i get i they, they're just two brands i respect i'd say them equally for a no, ford that's the, that's the red states and the blue states of nascar hmm. oh okay i would say a ford truck urinating on uh saddam hussein at this point would be mm. everyone could get on board with that I'm sure that existed in the post 9-11 era. Mm-hmm. Some kind of like, you know, a Ford and a Chevy urinating on Saddam or Osama or something together. <laughs> that's uh, That was the unity we needed in those times. Uh, the... yeah, that, that's the NASCAR version of uh, all the congressmen singing God Bless America. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Then there's a, again, if in a minute you're going to kill Maude, they have a joke where Lenny gets smashed by a tire and goes like, I'm okay, folks. Like, it's just a weird level to play in a scene that you're supposed to take a death seriously right after, you know? Uh, but but that scene actually got them in trouble with a Fox affiliate in North Carolina uh, because the year before at a raceway event, not an NASCAR one, but at a racing event, a tire did fly off of a car and kill three people. Jesus Christ. So, Hachimachi. Uh, so in the North Carolina area there, the Fox affiliate didn't promote the episode, but I believe they still aired the episode. But there, there's a, a news story from a week before the episode aired of, of uh, the Fox boss there going like, I don't know. It's, it seems insensitive. <laughs> Uh, See, that's why you get your car tuned up before you do the NASCAR race. <laughs> you got yeah. You need to get all your fluids checked. That's it. Every every wheel needs to be attached, not just one of them. I also like how disappointed the whole audience is to find out that Lenny isn't dead. When he says, okay, they're like, no. But, uh, but yes, we have come to the moment now. This is a clip. It's a minute long, but this is the death of Maude Flanders. I need a shirt. Give me a shirt. Mommy has bosoms like that. Yeah, I wish. <laughs> Nettie, I've had about all I can take of Homer Simpson's torso. I'll oh, get some hot dogs. Where are you no headlongs. I know. They make you uncomfortable. Shut up! That's not, well, that's not you. I guess Shut up. no one else wants a t-shirt. That's a damn lie and you know it. Give me a shirt. <laughs> you heard him, girls. Hey, t-shirt, t-shirt, t-shirt. A bobby pin. Mod. Oh my lord, she's dead. She sounds like Minnie Mouse when she screams. (laughs) You know, (laughs) her. It's like someone just kidnapped olive oil or something. <laughs> yeah, that's I. I think that distracting sound she makes. It's uh, I. I don't know. I feel like this could have been handled in so many different ways, and and one of them would be to not see her get hit. I don't know. The, mm. Yeah, visually, it's not pleasant. Yeah, and it's just it's unsettling in a way that's not either funny or you know uh, has an emotional valence. It's just like what? Why am I watching this? Yeah, the shot after. Of like basically corpse cam you're looking up from her dead body at people looking down at her uh also gross it's like watching a video of a centipede (laughs) you know i'm not i'm not sad i'm not laughing 
I'm not angry. And they work so hard to make it clear it's Homer's fault. Like that also is just such a dark bit to it. Yeah, he got her killed. He uh, absolutely. Ned could have sued him for sure. <laughs> I mean, we know that he got a settlement from the T-shirt gun company, but I mean, at the least, he could have killed him and probably gotten a light set. Oh yeah, the the no judge would convict him. <laughs> Was it Schwartzwelder who pitched that uh, Maud would die by a T-shirt cannon? Hmm. No, he wasn't. Well, I don't know who they they don't say who pitched the exact way of death, but uh, Swartzwelder was not really in the room then. It, uh, I mean, the level of cruelty does feel like a George Meyer thing as well, it, but it's not really. A, I mean, it's unexpected. Maybe they set this all at a NASCAR event because you kept thinking, oh, a car would crash into her, like something something yeah. involving a car would happen. So then it's the expectation is undercut by a T your cannon of all things killing i can see that being the mislead yeah so i mean suffice to to say that like none of this holds up without the marketing like this is for a show that's where where most of the profits are based in syndication uh and that's mostly viewed in syndication this is not an easy episode to syndicate because again if you don't know that you know if you hadn't seen the the teaser saying character gonna die most of these jokes will not land oh in the first uh, act yeah when you're just waiting for mod to die <laughs> yeah or you're waiting yeah. for su- supposedly waiting for someone to die yeah i i recall watching this as it i had seen news stories that had said well she might be dying but i didn't want to believe it and i think like scully or some representative of the show did an interview where they're like well you never know hmm. you wouldn't spoil it so i recall just watching it first time seeing the clear walk towards her death and just feeling this kind of just you know powerlessness of like no please don't do this <laughs> utter T- dread turn yeah. around guys you don't have to well you were a big mod head you you uh, after this episode aired you angrily resigned from the simpsons web ring and disgust <laughs> uh, i tendered my resignation to don del grande <laughs> uh if if they don't respect mod they don't respect me that's what i said well then homer homer uh bending over for a bobby pin is also just a weird extra joke to give to that moment and in the same frame you see her body just falling backward you also just see the top of homer's ass crack that it's just another just weird choice for the tableau though at least rod and todd are not visible in the shot when maude gets hit i feel like that would be even darker mm. if you if you saw that yeah that also though jim reardon on the commentary the director he says that whole shot is a screw up like the camera motion when she gets hit it's supposed to pan with her to the right but the camera actually moves away from her towards the other characters. Maybe it's better that you don't see more of the falling. Maybe. Maybe it would have been worse. Yeah. It is distracting when you know it's there. I just, I, I guess I'm just trying to think, you know, what what was the logic in the writer's room about this? Like, how did they think this would be perceived? Because, I mean, it's it's dark, but not twisted. I don't know. I mean, we were talking a lot about this this season. It's like uh, they are now writing these episodes in a world with both Family Guy and South Park, and they're feeling the pressure, like, we need to get darker Mm. and meaner Mm. at this point in time so we feel like that is informing a lot of the choices in these seasons just the culture Uh, of comedy at the time yeah that makes that makes a lot of sense thinking about it because of course you know it it can't be a different show so it's just like still has the elements of the old simpsons but with like an edge an artificial edginess tacked onto it that just kind of makes a mess they i think they definitely didn't like i think they had a sense of being like we're not hip anymore and yeah they they want to be hip again but also like in our interviews with scully too 
he definitely had the sense of like he didn't expect to stay on for four seasons he kept thinking every season would be the last and they wouldn't get renewed so i think too they're just going like look the show's almost over guys let's just take some wild swings and and mm. also i i do think it partially was just them going like eh, kill off a character like uh, this we're having trouble getting the actor back nobody cares about mod anyway so just let's just do it we're we're gonna be done in a year anyway mm. i mean this also feels like we're just clocked out of the show you know mm. or we're just checked out like we've got senioritis so we're just screwing around which is which is kind of disrespectful to your craft isn't it i mean uh, and also i mean also hadn't they been operating on this logic uh since the the oakley weinstein seasons well in their seasons i think they i i think bill and josh were more respectful of the fans though they still had a little i mean the poochie episode ends with them basically saying ah this show's probably over soon anyway like the yeah they, they had that spirit but i think they were more playful but not as like tired of fan interaction though yeah and Absolutely. but they thought they thought the show was ending they mm-hmm. thought like like the Oakley Weinstein season might might have been the last ones. Oh, for uh, sure. But, but acting like this for like what several years, being like, ah, oh, the show's about to end. The show's about to end. Uh, let's just make it worse. <laughs> yeah, I think the the Oakley and Weinstein changes. They are almost as big as this, but they do feel like more in touch with who the characters are and more uh, in touch with what the fans will be accepting. Except, of course, for the principal and the popper one. But their seasons had like a lot of big changes, a lot of big shakeups to like the lore of the show. Like you know, especially in terms of like itchy and scratchy and Jebediah Springfield and big like uh, important keystones of Simpsons history like that. Millhouse's parents getting divorced. Yeah. yeah. I also think too they just were uh, yeah senioritis there just feeling like let's shake things up. I mean uh, as well Ian Maxton Graham one of the things he felt weirdest uh, one of the things that got him in trouble was saying like uh, oh we don't have any women in the writer's room but you know it's just a guy show. It's just guy humor. It's just, just how it goes. <laughs> Uh, Killing women, just guy things. Yeah, just. <laughs> but yeah, all this could have been saved by a modest raise. But yeah, so they go to commercial break. They originally thought they'd have the be like a cliffhanger, like you don't know if they're gonna leave uh, her dead. But then they decided, no, we 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 need her pronounced dead before the we go to commercial. Uh, and so when they come back, yeah, we need the we, we need the insurance money. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they come back. They're preparing for the funeral. Homer has a single tear, just sad that he can't be a jerk. Like I, I didn't enjoy that. <laughs> I think that's the writers going like, oh, we can't write mean Homer scenes for this whole act, which uh, they, they barely even hold off on that for like the next five minutes, but... And then we get to the funeral sequence, which there's a lot of stuff. I mean, this whole thing is Lovejoy being the writers of the show, addressing the reality of the show, kind of. Yeah, the most clever stuff comes out of these scenes, I think, where they're mm. just addressing, like, the changes. And it's, there's a meta-commentary about, like, if the viewers will accept this or not. In many ways, Maude Flanders was a supporting player in our lives. She didn't grab our attention with memorable catchphrases or... Comical accents. But whether you noticed her or not, Maud was always there. And we thought she always would be. My friend's life is about change. Just yesterday, a poo was a lonely bachelor. Yes, thank God those days are over. And the Van Houtens were enjoying a storybook marriage. Yeah, lots of storybooks have witches. <laughs> Shut up, Kirk. Sorry. And now the good people at Fandemonium, as part of a generous settlement, will fire a 21 t-shirt salute. 
And they do fire 21 t-shirts. It is a uh, an accurate joke, hmm. numerically. The best kind of joke. Yeah. But you've talked about before, Bob, giving him, Apu those kids, like, destroyed the character. That joke there is exactly why. It's like, well, what do you do when you cut to Apu for a joke now? Well, it's about how he's an unhappy father. Yeah, Dan. he's That's the very the tired, uh, beaten-down father. That's it. And, uh, and also on the way to the funeral, they pan over all of the graves of characters who died on screen before this. I, I like that the B. Simmons one has to say parenthetically grandpa's girlfriend and uh, in the decaying headstone of uh, frank grimes it's uh, that's a good little uh gag including the grimy in there good old grimy and i also do like the storybooks have witches joke that's not a bad they should have had more divorced dad jokes on the show not mm. not less pyro oh, absolutely pyro <laughs> is still on the scene here right uh yeah so yeah he's he well because again maggie roswell's gone he has to say the line not luann sorry (laughs) and also it just feels weird that they want to play this as a very special episode scene but then they're like and then the woman the women who killed his wife (laughs) show up in black bikinis to shoot uh t-shirt came the letter r.i.p rip uh t-shirts yeah i get it's just these tonal shifts like what do you i it i think it makes it just a messier episode because of that i mean what they're trying to do like it's it is just sort of a less thought out less committed version of the frank grimes episode where you are injecting real human stakes to uh tease out the comic absurdity and grotesqueness of Springfield and Homer and everything. But instead of it being with Frank Grimes, part of an artistic decision, it's literally a bottom line decision. So you're joking about crudeness and capitalism destroying everything and, and, and defiling all human values. But then that's also why that episode exists in the first place. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. <laughs> this one instead they wanted to they they want you to actually feel for Ned. There you're like, no, isn't it sad how Ned feels here? Like, isn't this this is hard? He's a single father now. Like it they they want you to actually feel real things in these moments. They want you to, but it's it's all totally unearned. Like we're just gonna have a shot of Ned looking sad, and I'm supposed to feel all those uh, emotions about it instead of you know illustrating it in some way. Especially when they just kind of like dump her corpse in the yeah, in, like just off screen like that. I mean, we'll get to it. There's there's too many ideas in this episode. And I really wish this would have been uh, a more respectful treatment of Ned and him dealing with his grief. It wouldn't have been like the fun Captain yeah. Rocky dating adventure he goes on later. But I yeah. think they should have just stuck with that. Had the confidence to be like let's let's talk about ned and what he's doing and going through yeah the tone is completely off and the only thing i buy is like the kids are sad okay i can i can relate to that and you know they are children so i don't need like a greater complexity of emotion from them but you know ned is an adult and an interesting adult there's also very little about his religiousness in this episode which is very strange yeah, the this could have just been a crisis of faith episode, much more than yeah. which they they give you a tiny taste of that at the end, but it it could have been the whole episode. I, the, yeah, they I already did that with Hurricane Nettie, so maybe they're like, yeah, that's a repeat there too. Yeah, it's also there's a little Leftorium episode in that too. So oh, like we've already yeah. seen Ned down, but I mean the Leftorium bit, you know, as as stupid and zany as as his store was, you know, like I bought that more. 
Well, that was, you know, that's a season. Well, they aired in season three, but it's really even a season two episode. And it's yeah. just that one is a more human time where you could imagine a character could go bankrupt in season two of The Simpsons. Not mm, not yeah. so much now. Yeah. There were, the stakes are bigger. Right. And, and also, though, you actually can track Ned's devolution in that episode. Mm. You know, as he's, he's progressively, uh, you know, has, has a yard sale and then is living out of his car. You know, it's basically a Seth MacFarlane pace. Hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, this aired next to a Family Guy episode, so <laughs> just how it was. Uh, so yeah. it, it cuts to the Ned, uh, the wake being at the Simpsons house. There's a joke about Apu offering stuff to Ned, which that, that joke's not too funny, but it's funny that just Mo shoves into <laughs> that conversation. Uh, and that's, uh, I mean, I think they should have just veered more towards darkness instead of trying to get any emotion out of this. Like the jokes of Mo wanting to to be beaten to death by Ned so yeah. he can see Maud in heaven. Like, I don't know. That that's I think totally more what they should have just leaned in towards, I think. Yeah. Yeah, this is just splitting the difference. It doesn't work. And uh, Moe's design is weird here, too, but I think it's because they just pulled out his the dressed-up look they designed for him when he tries to date Maude in the uh, Secrets of Successful Marriage episode. Oh, right, yeah. So he just has this weird hair part on the side. It's it's, uh, it's, it's formal Mo. Yes, yeah, formal Mo. <laughs> I have uh, that action figure. But, but, <laughs> but it is also a moment where you're like, well, wait, am I supposed to take this realistically? Because Ned getting in a in a fist fight at his way at the wake for his wife that feels much darker than instead then comes the scene of bart being told to hang out with rod and todd uh which i will say personally uh in 2000 actually did hit me differently because i did go through a situation like that where a family member passed away and i'm in my teens my cousins are in their teens and we're kind of awkwardly like not talking about things and playing a video game while we do it and so uh that there's at least a personal so that happened in 99 and so i'm watching it in 2000 this scene had more Hmm. of an effect on me than i think any emotionally than any other scene in the episode well i'm sure you had a better video game we played wrestlemania 2000 there you go we're not playing there's no god uh, there yeah (laughs) yeah i mean this was uh this was uh genuine and relatable you know children will will displace their emotions uh, and play video games you know like that makes that all of that scans and feels you know human and real to me unlike all the stuff with ned as well observed that like when you go over to a friend's place as a kid they play different video games and you're like oh you have weird video games like just that reaction is good uh, yeah, surprise it's yeah it's a, a surprising good observation from these adult uh, writers uh but yes bart plays some games with rod and todd in this next clip honey i think you should go play with rod and todd oh man what does everything bad have to happen to me (laughs) when i'm feeling low you know what always cheers me up is it love kindness Ooh, tough room video games what do you got billy graham's bible blaster Keep firing! Convert the heathens! Got him! No, you just winged him and made him a Unitarian! Look out, Bert! The gentle Baha'i! Alright, full conversion! Thanks, guys. This really cheered me up. <laughs> Reload! Can we play now? You are playing. We're a team! Yay! <laughs> 
Like Bart's selfishness is funnier than Homer's selfishness in this episode. Mm-hmm. It actually works well, because it's not literally uh, homicidal. Yeah, yeah, it's also it's also <laughs> yeah. a child too yeah. who has a lot to learn about empathy. <laughs> what I like too that's a, it's a great scam as a kid when you're like, no, we're all playing the game together. We're we're a team. You <laughs> could be you could be tails. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, not enough jokes about Unitarians or the Baha'i faith mm. on television these days. Somebody talked to Rain Wilson. Was yeah. he Baha'i? He's Baha'i. I did yeah, Baha'i. Oh, yeah, wow. that's the one that. thing I know he, about him. He wrote a book about it. Oh, wow. I, I missed out on all that. He's. Uh, I would prefer that to office gym working for the CIA. Mm. He also <laughs> owns a bunch of exotic animals. Hmm. That makes sense. These <laughs> things are all fitting together. Yeah, he's, a, he's an animal weirdo. I wondered if this joke about Billy Graham's Bible Blaster was like, intentionally uh a reference to like super noah's arc 3d hmm. i would i mean th- there were stories going around of like the christian equivalents of popular games but uh super noah's arc 3d if you've never heard of it it's basically they ch- took return to castle wolfenstein that classic you know r-rated shooter and turned it into collecting animals for noah's ark you like can buy it. that on steam now and it's just it's just like wolfenstein but everything is a different a different thing like <laughs> you're firing like i don't know god's light at animals and putting them to sleep or, oh, sorry you're you're uh you're actually you're firing fruit at animals and once you fire enough fruit at them they, they fall asleep oh nice so you're not killing anything <laughs> um okay wait does it take place on the arc i think so i think it's a pretty big arc <laughs> quite quite a few levels in that arc <laughs> well, it would have to be oh and so uh then we cut to homer trying to comfort ned and uh this is like i do like that they at least the best joke about homer and ned relationship is them talking about him stealing his sprinkler because it at least does play into their history together mm. of Homer borrowing his stuff and never returning it. I, I think it at least works on that that level of continuity. And then Homer tucks him into bed and gives him a kiss on the forehead, which I'm like, that is again into very special episode territory for me <laughs> in this. Like uh, more of the tonal issues they have. Yeah, and then the next scene, I would have appreciated if they did keep it uh, a little more emotional instead of just underlining, no, Homer is a murderer. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Maude might have even been saved if he d- did not block the ambulance uh, spot. That moment, they kind of just rub it in your face, like, "Yo, Homer killed her." The, like you, if you had questions, here's Homer telling you he killed her. That I think was a, a bridge too far there too. And uh, though I did like that Homer has a bucket of war rocks ready uh, at the <laughs> ready with a big one for Ned. I like that. that. That's a good gag. Mm-hmm. Like this is the first season I think where like you can just count on one hand the number of good jokes in each episode. Uh, yeah. like, you know you'd watch a you'd watch something like an episode from season five or something and it's just every joke is landing and it's like they're they're also it's also complexly layered and difficult to disentangle uh and this is just like uh you could review it and just say okay i kind of chuckled at that and i kind of chuckled at that and that's about it <laughs> but yeah the uh here's homer coming up with his idea of how to help ned just keep replaying the whole thing in my head i can't believe my last words to Maud were no footlongs yep it would have been a lot better if you'd said I love you or you're special. You know, something sweet instead of that hot dog crack. If I'd only been a gentleman who got the hot dogs myself, she'd still be here. Now, 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 don't beat yourself up. I'm the one who drove her out of her seat. I'm the one who provoked the lethal barrage of t-shirts. I'm the one who parked in the ambulance zone preventing any possible resuscitation. Yeah, but uh, there's no point in playing the blame game. Ah, you're right. (laughs) I just gotta work through the grief. There's not gonna be an easy answer. Easy answer, eh? 
Baby, that's the money shot. You had a camera love you. Oh, you tease you. <laughs> Why are you taping Flanders, Dad? You'll see. Do you even have a job anymore? I think it's pretty obvious that I don't. <laughs> I, so, I, I do I, like that line. Yeah, just I, like, uh, he doesn't need to be at the power plant ever, really. But this is when the joke's about how they don't give a shit that he, yeah. about anything. At least it's funny. It made me laugh in its brutalness of the of the writers going like, we don't care that Homer's yeah. not at his job. Yeah, we don't give a shit that, you know, we we don't care about the original premise of the show anymore. <laughs> at least I, I think Homer, it, it is at least funny to me how much Homer doesn't care. But it's them p- shitting on their own, like, why do you care? Are you stupid like Bart who cares? You shouldn't care. And then it also leads to, uh, like, so Homer stalks him. I they, they wanted to do jokes about Ned getting back into the dating pool, even though it is way too soon. And there's about, like, six minutes left to tell this part of the story. So instead, they just decide, like, uh, well, Homer has to push him into it. Homer's bad, so he can be the one to do it. But I, I do like this run about bad editing practice. Practices. This uh, this little clip here. Okay, I finished the gardening sequence. Okay, from here we star wipe to a glamour shot of Flanders paying his bills. Then we star wipe to Flanders brushing his. Dad, there are other wipes besides star wipes. Why eat hamburger when you can have steak? <laughs> I'm taking my name off this thing. That's great. I I do. Whenever I see a star wipe, when they're always used comedically now because of this joke, I think of this episode. And uh, Homer was not ready for Windows Movie Maker. He'd have a Who field day. Who's using star wipes non comedically other than George Lucas? I think like your local production companies. If you like, uh, if you ship them your like old like sixty millimeter home movies, they just have to use all the wipes. Oh. Yeah, oh, shake them up. Meant, I thought you meant, you know, in 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 uh, you know, professional cinema. Oh, uh, no. when, I, when I see a star wipe, they're all jokes now, not like they used to be. <laughs> like those those classy star wipes in Schindler's List. <laughs> Feels pretty rare to see wipes of any kind in editing and stuff. Now, yeah, I think. Just... I would I would use wipes. They're fun. <laughs> before before your anime music video starts, oh, man. you throw in a, a classy wipe. I'd like. I'd rather have the twinkling ones instead, of just a full star, like. You need to like fade a little bit or the honestly, when I made videos for our live shows, I, I, I like the tiles that flip mm. over. That's my favorite kind of wipe. Mm. But uh, though Lisa, they just kind of assume like, ah, Lisa could edit a video. Why not? She's, <laughs> she's a smart kid. And I, and I like the gags of Homer just being like a bad film director who's just insisting on bad choices an editor has to go with. Like, and the, the literal star wipe to the next scene got a laugh out of me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it, there is a time. Well, I mean, there's a time cut because we do find out it's months later. So yeah. it's not happening immediately, but it's still happening in the same episode. It happens immediately for the viewer, yeah. but uh, that you need a lot of, it. it is helpful that Ned has to say out loud, well, it's been a couple months, like, it feels less brutal then. It could almost feel, if he didn't say that, it'd feel like, oh, this is the same week as, as she was buried. But yes, Homer has produced a video for Ned. There's a scene in this that I really hate, that I really, really hate. Uh, but here's here's the clip from Homer's video of Ned. Ned does everything with class, whether he's punching in his ATM code <laughs> or keeping clean in the shower. Homer! But don't take my word for it. Listen to this testimonial. Oh, I would date Ned in a second if I was a woman or gay. <laughs> he looks like a cuddler, that Ned. I, I like that. I like to be held. I like to be pampered. 
So if you're tired of dating the same old losers, what are you doing, Alma? Step up to the best. <laughs> Ned Flanders, the man with the chest. Ew. Now we'll just send this to the dating service. The chicks will fall for you and bam, the healing begins. Yeah, Homer, you obviously went to a lot of trouble, but dating, it just feels way too soon. Oh, that's great. Chicks really dig sensitivity. Did you get that, Bart? Got it. Beautiful. And star wipe and <laughs> we're out. Yeah, I guess seeing uh, Ned's massive glistening dong in this episode. Yeah. Another tonal inconsistency for this uh, story they're trying to tell. <sighs> Dr. Manhattan over here. Oh, my God. It's uh, frankly, I, frankly too big. I mean, this was the thing in the 2000... At this era, the South Park era, the joke that a character who you wouldn't think has a giant penis has a giant penis. It was just kind of going around. Like, yeah. this wasn't new. Yeah, yeah. It's like hacky and puerile at the same time and also just not funny. Like, that and this, this kind of, you know, also off-tone footlongs joke. Yeah, oh, it, yeah. it does feel like like a cruder escalation of the Ned is secretly buff thing we saw mm -hmm. in Streetcar. But they just yeah. said that he has a penis hanging below his knee i'm like boy that i i think i i was shocked they even got away with it like i was impressed that they they got that by a censor but i well, did not make me laugh it's, it's censored that's a checkmate <laughs> i guess so but... i feel like even the, the the outline of a penis would be too much for mm. 2000s tv uh, but yeah, I also consider Lisa edited all this footage. So did Lisa see unblurred like footage of Ned nude? Like, she saw it. She saw his dick. Uh, yeah. That's horrifying. Yeah. That's, that's canon. This episode yeah. contains a uh, child abuse as well. Uh, I just man, in the episode where you want to feel, they want you to feel these things for Ned, and then you're distracted by him having a gigantic cock for the rest of the series. <laughs> uh, it's just so weird. It's a, a very odd choice. Also, uh, when you put in your ATM pin, it does not show it unblurred on the screen. Like that's mm. just wrong. Like <laughs> that, it uh, for that joke they have to break reality, and I don't appreciate that. Ned needs a better. Are you bank. telling me that no ATM? anywhere will show your pin i don't think why would it do that it's no. your pin why well, would you want it displayed we'll on the screen that's absurd yeah. this is the year 2000 atms I, I i don't think they've been around for that long uh, so could, be, could you imagine an early model of an atm a prototype no. even where they didn't figure that out first of all think that. they had atms in the 80s it's not like they were brand new yeah, that's, not a lo that's not a long time <laughs> it's long enough for people to know you don't put the goddamn number on the screen because there's somebody standing behind you so you're telling me every atm ever yes. made ever made yes. yes ever made okay yes. well then i i invite the listeners of this program to prove that wrong Have you, i don't care ATM. if they do we have i won't care i don't care I want to know who in our that audience shows your pin <laughs> uncensored. Take a video of yourself using that ATM. <laughs> Send us your pin number and also the last three digits on your credit card. I want to know who in our audience is an ATM geek. You probably got a few ATM heads. Sure. In the I think I There's think a community of people who are fans of ATMs. 
I think like writing wise, the joke wouldn't read as well if you just saw Ned's like finger pushing the buttons in yeah, animation. So I think yeah. that is the cheat there. I know, but it's like we're down yeah. a weird rabbit hole now. Though. <laughs> I, I just think it's a mistake. I I mean, yeah. and it's five three one six, which is like the number five for J for John three sixteen. Oh, that's okay, the, okay, that's the reference. Interesting. Too. Also, discontinuity did not. We saw in Maggie Makes Three that Homer did not film Maggie's birth. So this footage of Marge giving birth to Maggie, that wasn't, that didn't exist There before. was a videographer just off screen, <laughs> out of the frame. Uh, mm, sure. <laughs> okay. Well, look, the, the best defense I have for that is Maggie Makes Three was a story being told by Homer. So if there's an inconsistency with reality, then let's say Homer forgot to tell that, that part of the story. Just like when he fought the ninjas yeah, or the terrorists. Yeah. Or his head exploded. Then they do a quick Scrabble joke of Ned thinking about it. I again, I don't like that Ned put horny on his Scrabble board. Ned would not use that word. Like no. Yeah, way. that's a little much. Uh, I, I will say, um, what are you doing? Homer is the best joke in this episode, in my opinion. Oh yeah, yeah, that is good. When 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 uh, when Carl's like, what are you doing, Homer? Yeah, he's just filming them. Just a shot of, of the three of them looking like just a total schmucks. <laughs> yeah, I do actually. I do enjoy the Carl and Lenny exchange in the church later. Mm. That that was the biggest laugh for me in this episode. They're getting some good Lenny and Carl stuff out of the out of the show at this time. Uh, and so they then added on a joke of Homer somehow being inside of a mailbox as he greets Ned mailing away his stuff. And, and then we get some video dating jokes, which also like in 2000 felt dated, I gotta say. I mean, I'm sure people were still using video dating in 2000, but it just feels like such a 1988 joke. True. You know? well, I, I have to assume that Mad TV was still doing their lowered expectations sketches, though. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how does video dating work? I believe it is you film a two-camera yeah. testimonial about how cool you are, and then yeah. uh, a interested party will see that video and be like, okay, I would like to date that person. But how do they see the video? Do they get like, do they get an ar uh, uh, an armful of cassettes? <laughs> I think you watch the videos there. I don't yeah. think they give you the video. And a lot of like found footage people are digging these up and putting them online. I mean, uh, they're fun if you could ignore the fact they're humiliating a stranger. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But uh, they are still yeah. fun to watch. Wait, wait. So they would just they'll broadcast or not broadcast, but they'll 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 put on you know the the dating tapes at the store just for anyone to come and watch and gawk at. The, I think at you just like go into a booth or something. I I think that's how yeah, it works. I think so. <laughs> not, not like you a jerk off booth. Yes. <laughs> well, that's how that is how comic book guys using it though. Yeah. <laughs> you need to have somebody ask him like, "Well, you're not going to call any of those women." Like, no, of course not. He will go home yeah. and proudly masturbate. And uh, and then Homer's Homer just has a very random list of John Wayne, Tupac Shakur, and Sherlock Holmes as the people Maud would be dating in heaven. That's another thing. This episode spinning out of it, they've done multiple jokes about like Maud watching from heaven and comments on stuff which like it really reminds me of how in family circus when the grandpa died and he's All like right. oh i'm watching everything like a little too cute he's a, he's a real creep that guy <laughs> everyone's grandpa is watching you at all times watching you bathe <laughs> <laughs> but he's cheering you on he's a positive grandpa. they go under the bowl to watch you shit okay oh, they want to see it coming out uh so ned goes on some dates we it's a series of like it feels very you know Seinfeld or Friends, all these dating jokes. It doesn't really feel like Simpsons to me. Yeah. Though I wonder, like, uh, especially the Lindsay Nagel stuff, I wonder if Simpsons writers had gone on a date. This is plumbed from going on a date with, you know, 
powerful Hollywood executive ladies and just how yeah. like forceful and highly sexual they are. That's how, I mean, Mike Reese was probably in the room a day a week at this point, And he, that's how he met his wife, video dating. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Really? Yep. Yeah. That's when, wow. uh, a lot, there was a lot of video dating jokes like eight years ago on the show. And that's why, like mm. seven or eight years ago. Wow. <laughs> Do they still have the tapes? I bet I, not. I, wanna, I, would, I would love to see Mike Reese's video dating tape. <laughs> I guess only one of them made a tape, mm-hmm. or would have had to. It would just be Mike holding up his sack of money. <laughs> it's like, I, I make all this on The Simpsons guy. Now, I, we got Simmons 90. He's not, making a, he's not making bank just yet. But Well, also, like, the Lindsay Nagel dating thing. At this time, I would guess Dana Gould was dating the real Lindsay Nagel, mm-hmm. I think, too. So maybe they're, they're getting this from reports back from uh, Dana Gould of going on dates with her and then we have a joke about ned and edna going on a date which uh presages that they will date and, yeah. and even marry the hashtag uh, nedna phenomenon oh boy yep what the Eesh. summer of nedna every we all remember that right uh, no i don't remember that at all <laughs> thank I, god i remember it but i don't remember it sweeping the nation i think you had to vote did you vote yeah it was a summer cliffhanger if ned would marry her or not they i think they expected they wouldn't get married and but the votes came in for marriage so uh he married her in season 23 and uh until season 25 when mm. uh the voice actress marsha wallace passed away they just decided you know what edna's dead in the world too so ned has Which had to gosh. bury two wives in in the series Honestly, like, I can see the novelty of doing a poll like that, but also it's just like, at this point, I'm as apathetic about voting for that as I am for voting for any other office. <laughs> yeah. Like, if you were going to vote which Simpsons character will get pushed through a fine mesh screen on camera, I would not care. No. Uh, uh, you know, vote now to see if uh, Bumblebee guy and the uh, sea captain will get married. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Yeah. I, you want that poll? <laughs> I, I'm up Would for you. Campaign? What, what, uh, do you want? Uh, do you want a comic book guy to be diagnosed with Hodgkin's or non-Hodgkin's lymphoma? <laughs> <laughs> it's the future of television. Uh, it is. Uh, I mean, that's going to be. They can even integrate that into Disney Plus. Like the vote can be on screen while you do it. Yeah, <laughs> you like a uh, Bandersnatch. Uh, also in this scene, there is a reference to season one with they are drinking Chateau Maison yeah. wine, the uh, the wine produced in Crepes of Wrath. From the other worst episode. Yes. <laughs> uh, reminding us of all the good ones. Uh, yeah, this, this scene, the one after that when he's dating the f- third woman who is, you know, obsessed with commitment, like that 100% just feels like a date like Chandler Bing would have gone on. Yeah. Like it, yeah. It, it, it just doesn't feel right for Simpsons at all. No, because it's a show about a family. It's not a show about single people. Though I do like him running away in the swan boat, then cuts to him with the swan boat parked in the <laughs> Simpsons driveway. That's like, a fun gag. That's a nice little visual gag. But like those are jokes that would fit in well with the critic. Oh yeah, yeah. Which is the uh, uh, you know pitched as adult you know urban Simpsons. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, Jay went on dates all the time. Like yeah, so the these uh, this wouldn't even be the worst date he'd been on in that show. No way. I think uh, what he was kidnapped and turned into a sex slave in, in one yeah episode. The, the miserable yeah. episode. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, I I do also like the joke of Marge celebrating Ned's boringness when he says I'm as boring as a baked potato, and Marge's like, "You're darn right, you she are." She thinks they're neat. <laughs> You're right. It goes yeah. back to her positivity towards potatoes. They are neat. They got all of your nutrients. <laughs> they're pretty great. 
You can they do grow, anything with them. They, they'll they'll grow if you like keep them under your sink and forget about them. Mm-hmm. They went from not known in Europe to being a, a crucial keystone to the entire European diet in like 120 years. On this podcast, yeah, French, French fries. We That's salute the potato. <laughs> we are pro oh, potato here. Then Homer randomly brings up that they got those Las Vegas wives, which I kind of like that gag. That it's just Homer just forgets that that he was keeping it a secret from Marge. And those Las Vegas wives will return in an episode. And, and no, of course they will. will. Will both of them die or one of them dies? <laughs> so I, I looked into this. Season 13, Amber and Ginger. It's a murder-suicide. <laughs> in season 13, Amber and Ginger both return and say and uh. come to Springfield and say, we are still married to you, and they move in. Ginger is married to Ned, and Ned actually wants oh, her I to stay. I saw this one. Right. Ned actually wants her to stay and chases her away with his Christian lifestyle. Amber won't go away until they trick her to have sex with Abe, and then she yeah, decides oh, to God, leave. Yeah, I remember this. Yep. That's where Abe says, Ooh. can I get another term in the Oval, oval Office? Funny. Yeah, I remember this. God damn it. Uh, Vote now. Now, should, now I'm annoyed. Should Homer and Ned's Vegas wives be president and vice president in the Simpsons world? Uh, and then in season 28, they bring back only Amber, and uh, they start an episode with them going to Amber's funeral because she stood up on a roller coaster uh, and got decapitated. So so was that Ned's wife or Homer's wife? Homer's wife. Okay, so but Ned's, Ned's Vegas wife, wife lived. And she's not even at the funeral, though. She's mm. not at her. She and Amber must have had a falling off, a falling out off screen. The ret- wives return more often than you would think in the show. Uh, but then we come to Ned losing faith, which really could have been the whole episode. I think. Yeah, even though they did it before, it'd be a fun uh, re-exploration of it for a different reason. Mm-hmm. Lord, I never question you, but I've been wondering if your decision to take Maud was well, wrong. Unless this is part of your divine plan. Could you just give me some kind of sign? Anything. And after all that church chocolate I bought, which, by the way, was gritty and had that white stuff on it. Well, I've had it. Daddy, get up. You'll be late for church. Well, you boys can go with the Simpsons. I'm not going to church today. (gasps) That's right. And I may not go to church tomorrow. (laughs) No, I'm not kidding. I'm going to sit right here and miss church. You just watch. Sorry, 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 sorry. I feel like we've watched three different episodes so far. Oh, yeah. Yeah, every act has a different premise so far. (laughs) I like that they at least speed it up so much. They're like, I'm not going to church. Sorry, sorry, sorry. They just throw out the whole character arc. They're like, you know what? No, his crisis (laughs) of faith is instantly over. He's going right back to church. And turning around a picture of God, like an old lover or something. Oh, yes. Yeah. (laughs) Honestly, I think think the problem comes from starting with the premise that we're going to kill Maude, we're going to do it, and Mm -hmm. then not, not really fully thinking through the realistic consequences of that and just kind of you know just tacking more shit on i at least like the joke that he goes to church every single day and he has to clarify like i'm not going to church on monday either like that yeah eh, that's good but in chalky church chocolate who uh we all hate that <laughs> then they head to the church 
uh lovejoy introduces a christian rock band which that doesn't feel right for lovejoy either like why would he host a christian rock band he hates he hates rock and or roll he was a cool like folk christian and back in the 70s right yeah, that's true maybe he's going back to his roots there <laughs> covenant with a k <laughs> good christian uh, rock band name you know it's a christian band when every time they use the word him it's uh, capitalized oh yeah <laughs> and uh, also uh, there's a gag of marge recognizing the basis from say satanica that's uh, that's not bad but uh i i do like nan's reaction to it saying dropouts must have overpowered the reverend <laughs> that's a funny gag uh and then uh, we get the guest star of the episode sean colvin of sunny came home fame yeah i didn't know what this song was i'm like what is this because it was song of the year in 97 and the second it started playing i'm like oh i know every lyric <laughs> i i she came home to her favorite chair am i right she she loves that chair days gone by yeah i it all came back to me i don't think i've ever heard that song um, oh, uh, if you look up a YouTube, if you were, uh, if you had a radio on between 1997 and 2000, you have heard it, I don't know, 83 times at least. Mm -hmm. I, I swear it'll click, you know, I'll pull it up and play it if you want to hear it right now. Uh, is it worth hearing? We're going to find uh, out. Will, will we squander precious seconds by <laughs> listening to the song? Oh, yeah. Okay. See, I okay. knew, I knew you knew this song. Yeah, okay. I didn't know what it was called. Yeah, <laughs> when I saw who she was and what she sang, I'm like, what is this? And then the, the second it came on, I'm like, I could just write down every lyric of this because I was being driven around by my mom in 1997. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a banger. So she was kind of a star when they got... I mean, it's a one-hit wonder. That song was like yeah. 97, but she's she wasn't a nobody. And I think they had big plans for Rachel Jordan, too. Yeah, I think, she uh, makes one more appearance until Ned scares her away. Yes, yeah. In the next season, I believe. <laughs> and uh, she sings a song about a man, which uh, I'll just cut in the song here. While our organist is on a much-needed vacation... We thought we'd try something new, so get down and put your knees together for the Christian rock stylings of Covenant. Hey, isn't that the bass player from Satanica? I think it is. <gasps> Electric guitars in church? Oh my gosh, some dropouts must have overpowered the reverend. This is a love song about a dude I met in a sleazy motel. Yeah. A dude named God. Oh. In a motel room in Delacroix, I was drinking like a Dartmouth boy and thinking about the wrong turns that I took. Well, I woke up on the pew green floor and opened up a dresser drawer looking for a bottle, but instead I found a book talking about the Bible. So? She's good looking. Shut up. You shut up. A book about a man A book about the dude who lives above A book about a man Who drives a pickup full of sweet, sweet love Now if you think he doesn't care Or maybe that he isn't there It's not too late to see how wrong you are so when your soul is gone astray, just let God be your triple A. He'll tow you to salvation and he'll overhaul your heart. 
And uh, apparently, Sean Colvin, she says she still sings that in concert from time to time. That I would guess what other songs than Sunny Came Home and that song would she play? And it, it, if she played more than five songs, I don't know if I would uh, stick around for it. <laughs> uh, well, she really no. made me wait for Sunny Came Home. No, I'm hanging out at the bar waiting for that song. <laughs> I, like I said, I really enjoy the inter- exchange between Lenny and Carl. It's like, so she's good looking. Shut up. Yeah, that's fun. That's fun. I I also what? like uh, any joke where a character says uh, about a man I met in a sleazy church <gasps> or a sleazy hotel. <gasps> god oh like any any gasp any performative gasp they were doing that a lot in season 11 do we really have one hit wonders anymore Hmm. it seems like there used to be way more one hit wonders oh yeah i've been thinking about this in the 90s i mean in the the 60s they were used to be novelty songs sadly we don't get those at all anymore but in the 90s there were a ton of like inextricable uh inexplicable one hit wonders a load of them yeah your right said Freds, your new your radicals, new radicals, your crash test dummies, your toad the wet rockets. Oh, you actually hear too sexy in this episode. It's playing under yeah. Homer's video for Ned. Yeah, that was. I don't know. Maybe that's just the the atomization of culture happening in real time in the nineties. I think so. Consolidated. You can't get exposed to one song for too long unless you actively choose to do it yourself. Now, I guess. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I would guess, you know, Gangnam Style, that's a one-hit wonder, wouldn't you say? That's like a prototypical one, but at the same time, I mean, what was the hit there? It was was a big YouTube, you know? Mm. Oh, so so, so one-hit wonders have been supplanted by viral videos, basically. Yeah, that's true. Also, I object to the characterization of Psy as a one-hit wonder. I mean, fine, internationally, yeah, that's the only thing he's known for. But uh, he's had several hits in, in Korea. I stand corrected. You are Including right. one about killing and torturing American troops stationed in South Korea. Whoa. Yeah, that's that was a, a real. That's a real fact. That, yeah, yeah. He, he had like an anti-imperialist song. I guess I God, believe uh, one of the lines was kill the fucking Yankees. Damn. I, I thought like the song that he's popular for in America is like social commentary, too. Yeah, mm. yeah. Uh, and yeah, that whole song is like, it's another one they don't know how they're going to play it because it's just played as an earnest Christian song. Like other, I think other than the line, drinking like a Dartmouth boy, yeah. I don't think there's a joke in the lyrics there. The jokes are mainly from the crowd. Uh, mm. A few things we get in the crowd. Yeah. Like Jasper playing the spoons. The pan over to show Homer sleeping too. I'm like, I've seen this joke like eight times in the show by now. It's really, it's, it's not a new gag for Homer either. Uh, but there's at least a good animation on the camera turn from like in front of her to behind her as it faces an end but this is the moment where it feels like a very special episode especially rod's reaction of like i knew you would like that's just a cute that's a tgif moment you know that's just played straight it's that they don't make a joke nothing cuts to the treacle at the end here We give uh, Ned hope for his future with uh, with a woman, almost like fanfic invention to be, oh, who's the perfect rebound for Ned? Like, yeah, just like this invention to be the perfect rebound for Ned, which also makes it feel just like cheap. It was like instantly uh, wants to, you know, hang out with him and we'll come back and hang out with him. It mm-hmm. just like there's not there's like. 43 seconds left in the episode for them to talk. <laughs> uh, but yes, I have the quick clip here. Ah, that was a lovely song. It really got to me. Been through some rough times yourself? I, I recently lost my wife. I'm real sorry to hear that. We just lost our drummer to a Pentecostal ska band. I, I, mean, I know it's not the same, but... No, I hear what you're saying. It's always hard to replace someone. Yeah. My name's Rachel Jordan. 
If you feel like talking, maybe we could grab a coffee. Well, that, that sounds real nice, Rachel, but uh, I'm, uh, <clears throat> I'm not quite... I understand. Listen, we're heading out on tour with the Monsters of Christian Rock. Maybe when we get back, you and I could get together. Well, maybe we can. My name's Ned Flanders, and I'm here every week. Rain or shine. Yeah, I guess after the gauntlet of cruelty they send Ned down, you get yeah. a little uh, levity at the end there. But yeah. it is it does feel like unearned. Right? Yeah. And also, again, very like TGIF or just a, a different sitcom than a sitcom about that also includes a joke about the character having a gigantic dick, you know? <laughs> and then right after that, they have a reprise of the song where he she says, like, that's where there is a joke line about like she landed on her head, but now it's time to move on with his life it's yeah. like wow that's that's harsh that's <laughs> a harsh last joke to give you on that and in the song she covered the whole credits it's also really awkward because the song goes for like tw- 10 seconds and then yeah you just have to bring back in the, just, the soundtrack you there. get a, a comedic verse about the death of Maud, mm-hmm. and that's it and uh yeah this episode like led to a bunch of sequel episodes in season 12 we've got the going to praise land where rachel jordan returns and is uh rightly creeped out by ned and so Maud appears many times i think that was their way of trying to make it up to to maggie roswell and and fans of like well look hey we got we got more mod isn't that nice like but nobody i think misses jokes about mod i yeah. think they they mainly just miss miss the innocence of youth when mod was alive perhaps when the show wasn't murdering people to save two thousand dollars a week <laughs> yeah. so this episode continues to haunt the simpsons canon i still think the lowest point for me lower than seeing mod killed on screen is the um is panda love that's a lower moment for me Ooh, but this is brutal. close yeah this is at least it's off screen part of it <laughs> i thought when we'd get to this episode on the show i'd hate it more but i i yeah, just feel more wistful i'm like i wish they didn't do that but i don't feel as insulted i guess as i used to about it you're not I, mad you're disappointed right yeah yeah just like no bad writers don't don't just go along with a joke in the writer's room and just make it an episode you're better than family guy in south park right you don't need to stoop this low but any any final thoughts guys nah, the show should stop <laughs> They should have stopped after this or before this. Keep going. Just keep on going. Go on infinitely. Just with Alexa versions of all of the cast members. I'm sure that I I hear a lot of good things about deep fake technology. Just use that to make the Simpsons. At some point, the show will just be algorithmically generated from from start to finish it's think, just going to be those those like youtube simpsons way videos that's just going to be an episode <laughs> hey, I'd procedurally watch it. generated gifs of simpsons characters doing things well soft trancy music pulses in the background i think they've covered oh. all of homer's potential lines because uh, there's like a, one of those gps's with homer's voice you can buy oh so that's it's like true. i think they've got every word in the english language covered now for homer <laughs> so true. they already did yeah. do an automated homer voice <laughs> 
after Dan dies, uh, every episode will just have Homer, but all his dialogue is uh, Turn about right. driving directions. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, I I still don't feel like stopping yet on this no. podcast, though. But <laughs> we got a lot of uh, yucks and laughs to talk about in that order. The funniest way that The Simpsons would end would be uh, after Trump leaves office, and they say, "Well, we just ran out of material. <laughs> <laughs> we've done we've done our job." They say, "Yeah, our work is done." Mm. <laughs> our work is not done and we would love to have you guys back for a future one oh, uh, God. maybe a panda love episode oh, <laughs> only for the darkest moments really terrible one. <laughs> but uh yeah matt and virgil thanks so much for being on the show please talk about your amazing podcast chapo trap house and where to find it uh, online it's, yeah it's online it's called chapo trap house Available <laughs> online. A- ask siri and she'll find it for you pretty quickly so i can't go to the library and check this out is what you're saying nah no okay sadly. but you could wait check yeah out there. no we're libraries that's right oh oh the my book God. is yes yes your book but, These not, are but new- not the audio these are New York Times bestsellers we're talking That's to. That's right. Uh, yeah, don't you forget it. <laughs> I apologize uh, profusely. And also, uh, uh, I mean, Matt, lately you two have been doing some really great uh, streams on the Chapo Trap House Twitch channel as well, which I definitely tell folks to check out. Yeah, I'm having a good time with that. Check those out if you feel like it. If you're like watching a man yell at you. <laughs> <laughs> Always. But, uh, uh, thanks for uh, thanks for having us on again. And uh, yeah, I would love to come back. And uh, just as a, as a show of solidarity, as you begin this slog past season 11 <laughs> thank you we we need all the help we can we appreciate you being supportive as yes. our as our as the older boys in the podcasting industry yeah. <laughs> uh but thank you guys so much so thanks again to matt chrisman and virgil texas be sure to check out chapo trap house wherever fine podcasts are uh, disseminated i guess and uh, as for us if you want to support our show and get all kinds of bonus stuff on top of that please go to patreon.com slash talking simpsons if you sign up there you'll get all these episodes one week ahead of time and ad free and also access to everything behind the $5 paywall that includes all of our limited miniseries over 100 bonus episodes the most recent one was Talking Mission Hill and as of this recording you might know uh, when you're listening to this what our fall 2020 miniseries will oh, be that's right. it's yeah. either happening now or will be happening very soon but again more bonuses for everyone on the Patreon and when you sign up at the Patreon at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons you get access to everything we've done for the past three years immediately and that is a lot of podcasts sift through a lot of uh, fun mini series and interviews and so on and if you sign up at the $10 level you get all that stuff plus one mega long podcast once a month just for patrons of that level or higher Henry what is that why that is the what a cartoon movie podcast where me and Bob cover a different animated feature film in the same way we cover cartoons or the Simpsons we each month chosen by our patrons at patreon.com slash talking Simpsons we often for over four hours cover a different animated feature your film most recently we've done ghost in the shell and the black cauldron but you'll have over 90 hours of movies that we have talked about if you sign up now in the back catalog with the new one each month on top of all the five dollar stuff bob just talked about so please consider supporting us at patreon.com slash talking simpsons and as for me, I've been one of your hosts, Bob Mackey. You can find me on Twitter as Bob Servo. And my other podcast outside of this network is uh, called Retronauts. And that is a classic gaming podcast about old video games. You can find Retronauts wherever you find podcasts or go to patreon.com slash Retronauts. Sign up there and get two exclusive episodes every month only for patrons. Thank you. Henry, how about you? 
Follow me on Twitter at H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G. Anytime I have fun things to say, I am talking about them there. Plus, follow the official Twitter account of this podcast at Talk Simpsons Pod. At Talk Simpsons Pod will keep you in the know when new stuff goes out on the free feeds or on the Patreon or when we're choosing our next limited series. All that stuff you'll stay up to date with if you follow at Talk Simpsons Pod on Twitter. Thanks so much for joining us, folks. We'll see you next time for Missionary Impossible, and we will see you then. It's a show about Ned, about him losing his sweet wife. She landed on her head, but now it's time to get on with 